Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. We've been spending this month of November talking about love. And uh, two weeks ago, we had Curtis Hines here. Wasn't it so great to have Curtis back? And he was talking about uh, loving the lost. And last week, Lillian was here and was talking about sacrificial love. And it's been so good, so like, oh, challenging. Just like Kathy was saying, love is one of those things that um, we know we want. We know we're supposed to carry, supposed to do. But actually, when the rubber hits the road, it can be kind of complicated. And today, I want to talk about loving God, loving Him. What does it look like for us to love Him in a way that feels like love to Him? And so as I was kind of thinking about this, I was just reflecting on, on marriage. I was reflecting on our journey of kind of learning how to love one another. And um, how many of you know that when you, when you first get married, you really don't even know what you've let yourself in for, right? You don't actually know who your spouse is at that point. You, you know that you really like them. You know that you really love them. But there are so many nuances and details that you're like, oh, wow. I didn't realize this about you. And so I was pondering back to really super early in our marriage, like our first year, second year of marriage, and Sarah's birthday was coming up. And I was like, okay, I've never been a husband and, and, and had a wife before to buy for. This needs to be the most incredible gift ever. Like she needs to know that life with me and a birthday with me is like heaven on earth compared to what she's experienced in the past. So I begin to like mull it over and I'm thinking, what do I get her? How do I communicate love to her? And I think, well, I remember her saying something recently about really like having photos of us, like nice photos of us. And I thought, well, you know what gives you nice photos is a nice camera. Am I right? Right? Like a nice camera. I mean, this is my opportunity to bring the fullness of all of my technical understanding. All of my passion for technology, I get to communicate love to this woman with technology. What could be better than that, ladies? Right? Am I right? So here I go, I go and do research. I look it up, I'm thinking I am gonna get the greatest DSLR camera on the planet. I want it to be just, oh, just perfect. It's gonna be so fantastic. I put in loads of research. I make spreadsheets about the gift. Now, if that is not a communication of love, I don't know what is. And so here I am, I'm communicating love through technology, through spreadsheets, through research. And the morning comes, and uh, she opens this box, and there's a single gift there. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what a gift it is. And she opens it up and kind of looks at it quizzically. And then I can see her glancing around like, is there something else that's supposed to go with this? And I'm looking at her like, huh? See how much I love you? I've spent money, I've spent time, and it's technology. Yeah? And she is like, uh, I don't know if I, am I really going to carry that around with me? 
See, one of the things that I didn't understand about my wife at this point was that she likes to have the bare minimum in her purse at any one time. Now, not everyone's the same as this, I get this, but this is, this is a nuance about Sarah that you're learning today, that before we leave the house, Sarah will tip her bag upside down on the counter and let everything out and then very, very selectively determine which items belong in her purse for that day. And she wants to have the minimum with her possibly, and so she's looking at this giant DSLR camera and just going... Huh? You thought this was what I wanted? And I was thinking, uh, yeah, because it's what I would want. And we approach love with this natural instinct of what love means and what love looks like, right? I mean, if Sarah did that for me, I would be like, this is amazing. You've bought me the best camera and I've read all the research articles and it's amazing, right? And for her, she's like, I don't know. And so, you know, we returned the gift because it didn't didn't communicate love. And I'm thinking, oh boy, I've blown it. I have blown it. What do I get here? And I think, man, the things that Sarah likes as gifts, well, firstly, they have to be a surprise. If it's November, Christmas shopping has begun. If Sarah stumbles across something I may or may not have purchased for her in the house, she'll ask me to return it, even if she wants it. Because now she doesn't want it because she knows what it is, right? So firstly, it's got to be a surprise. And she wants things like books and bowls. She loves bowls. She loves like the tiniest most delicate little bowls you've ever seen that are too small to be of any purpose to humanity. And she doesn't want them to look the same as the other bowls, because that would be boring. She wants unique bowls. And magnets. She likes magnets too. So it's like the most random assortment of things. And that, that's the things that could bring her joy and bring her passion. And the more I've got to know her, the more I actually understand what communicates love to her. Not what feels like love from me, but what communicates love to her, right? The more I know her, the more I know how to love. Love is something you do for someone else. It's not something you do for yourself. Love is... Love is active, love is a verb, love is a choice that we make to love the person we love, right? And so when we love, we want to do it in the way that communicates love to them, not the way that's the easiest or most natural for us. And if we think about that, applying it to our relationship with God, which is where we're going today, I'm not just going to talk about my marriage the entire morning, although there are more stories to come, Um, but when we think about our relationship with the Lord, love is important to him, right? The Sadducees get Jesus in a corner and they test him and they said, what is the greatest commandment? What's the most important thing, Jesus? And what does he say? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. So what does it look like for us to love God as a verb? What does it look like for us to love God actively with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, to choose to love him the way he wants to be loved? So let's rewind for a moment. Let's think about this. 
Tell me when you, well, you obviously can't tell me because we'd be here all day. Let's just sit down. We'll sit down. Each one of you tell me, when do you feel loved? Think about a moment. Think about the experiences you have with your friends, with your loved ones. When do you feel loved? When do you feel loved? There's a great book that's now 30 years old, I can barely believe that, by a guy called Gary Chapman. He talks about the five love languages. How many of you have read that book or at least heard the concept? Okay, that's most of you in the room, as I would hope, because it's a brilliant book, really powerful. He talks about these five different love languages, and all of them are nice. But there are particular ones that we really enjoy and receive love through, and Typically, we want to give love in those same ways. So we've got words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, physical touch. Each person's different. If you are a kind of words of affirmation person, how many of you know you're a words of affirmation person? It's like up there, it's important to you. Yeah, good. You value verbal acknowledgements of affection, including being told, I love you, um, and words of appreciation and encouragement and texts and all of that. If you're a quality time person, how many of you think you're probably a quality time person? Okay, number of you. You feel the most adored when your partner or your friend actively wants to spend time with you. And when you particularly feel loved, when you get like active listening, when you get eye contact, when you feel like the center of their attention, when you feel prioritized, right? The third one, acts of service. How many of you love acts of service? Yeah? Good. I used to think this was really boring until I owned a house and had children. Now I love it. If you're acts of service, you value your partner or, or your friend going out of their way to, to just do something practical for you, right? To, to bring you soup when you're sick, to make you a cup of tea in the morning because you're feeling groggy, to uh, take the recycling out, whatever it is. Those things communicate love to you. Gifts. How many of you like gifts? Anyone pay attention, spouses? Um, If you like gifts, then you enjoy being given something tangible, usually, right? Something physical. But it's not just anything physical. It's it's not like, oh, wow, you, you brought me a ream of paper. Thank you. It's something that communicates an understanding of your value system, not the giver's value system, right? That's where I went wrong with my camera gift. And finally, physical touch. If you, how many of you feel like you're a physical touch person? Yeah, physical touch. You feel loved when you get physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, having sex. All of those things will help you feel loved. I think I'm very much a physical touch person. I really enjoy physical touch to the point where I've now decided that my top two love languages are physical time and quality touch. And so I, I love that. It, it can be very easy for me to... <laughs> it can be very easy for me to go about my day thinking about the way I want to be loved and assuming Sarah is going to love that, right? I can be at work. I know what's going to make her feel so loved and cherished. I've been thinking about it all day. It's been on my mind. I just can't wait to love her by getting home and trying to have sex with her. That, that actually doesn't communicate love to her if what she's longing for is, I haven't seen you all day. 
I want quality time. I want eye contact. I want to know our hearts are aligned, that we've had time to unpack life, to laugh together, to share together, right? And so, so often we approach life with this desire to be loved and we try to apply that, that filter for what love means onto the people around us. And it, it creates these crossed wires. We often in our home, um, I, will, I will have been working all of the week and we'll get to the weekend and I'm thinking there's lots to be done. I'm going to communicate love to Sarah today by doing all of the stuff that needs to get done because she's been doing all of that all week. So I'll spend Saturday... You know, I'm going to put out the garbage, I'm going to mow the lawn, I'm going to paint that thing that needs to be painted, I'm going to sort through the children's shoes, I'm going to do the laundry. I'm going to do all those things on a Saturday. All day, I'm thinking in my mind, Sarah is going to love this. She's going to feel so loved. And then what happens is I get to the end of the day and Sarah's like, I really kind of miss you. Like, where have you been today? All week you've been at work and now today you've just been doing all these things, you've been really busy And what I wanted was quality time with you, right? It pays to get to know the person that you're trying to love so that you can actually love them in a way that they're going to feel loved. I think the people around us often feel loved when we move out of our comfort zone, when we move out of our our normal lane to love them the way that they need it. And I think it can be so easy for us to approach our relationship with God, loving him on our terms. What do you think about that? Have you ever kind of come to church thinking, oh, God's going to love church today. He is going to feel so loved by me when I get into the presence of God and the sound is really nice. And, and then, oh, I hope they're going to sing those songs that I really enjoy. I really enjoy singing that 10,000 Reasons song. You know, bless the Lord on my soul. I, I, my voice sounds so good when I sing that song. I know that God's going to feel loved through that. In fact... I really hope that Ben Jackson, my favorite worship leader, is singing because his voice is so nice that I think the Lord feels more loved when I'm worshiping along with Ben Jackson. And uh, yeah, it just feels really nice when I love the Lord that way. And so we, we come into relationship with God with these things that we enjoy doing. We, and none of that's bad. Well, no, not... Mm. No, it's not bad, but what would change, what would be different if our intentionality was thinking way more about him than it was about us and the way that we like to love him? What if we'd taken the time to really get to know, how do you feel loved, Lord? And then we applied ourselves in that way to loving him. I think that would make a big difference. I think that would make a big difference. I believe that being known and feeling loved are very, very connected. In fact, I believe that, that feeling known is kind of a prerequisite to feeling loved. If I think about relationships with people, if, I, you know, if I'm in the store or, or here at church, an acquaintance of mine, who I like, an acquaintance, you know, is like, oh, I love you, bro. Love you. Have a great week. We should catch up sometime. Love you. Love you, bro. Do I feel loved? Probably not. I feel liked. I feel it's nice. It's not bad. Please do carry on telling me that you love me. You know, 
when I don't necessarily feel loved. I feel loved when, when someone who's known me for a long time, has known me for years, uh, and has noticed that I'm a bit down, comes up and is like, hey, how are you doing? You, you don't feel quite yourself today. Or when someone notices a detail about something that I enjoy, and they you know, they want to do that for me or they want to give me that gift or they want to, you know, I feel loved when I find ice cream in the freezer, right? Because Sarah has noticed that I love ice cream and she could kind of take it or leave it. I'm pretty sure if Sarah didn't have ice cream for the rest of her life, it wouldn't really make a difference. That would be like a tragedy for me. That would be peril. So I, I feel loved when I'm like, she's thought of me and she knows the ice cream that I like and she's put it in the freezer and it's there. I feel loved, right? When, when, a, when a friend, like I said, like notices something about you, notices that you're not doing well, asks you questions, you feel loved. When you feel known, you often feel loved. And we were created and designed to, to know God, to love God and to know him, right? It says in Proverbs 25 too, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. That's us. To search out a matter. I believe the very nature of God is that he is mysterious. He's, he's an unknown. He's like my wife. He's like your wife. Mysterious. And there's a mystery to be uncovered, to be learned about, to be explored. It's the glory of kings to uncover who God is and to, to understand him. The word that we often see in the New Testament um, to know is this, this Greek word. I don't actually speak Greek, so I'm going to butcher this. But it's this Greek word, egnon, not egnog, egnon. And it means to, to like come to know someone personally, intimately, to, like to see the whole picture of who they are. Guys, this isn't about knowledge. This is about relationship. This isn't about knowledge of facts about who God is. This is about relationship. And there's a huge difference. It's a big difference between knowing things about somebody and knowing someone. Yeah? I, I know a lot about the queen. I don't know her. You could come up to me and be like, yeah, Ben. Ben, I know you. You've... Uh, you're the one who drives that black Toyota Sienna 2014. You bought it from Dixie Toyota at Dixie and 401. The salesman's name is Paul. That was September 2018, if I'm right. You've got a slow puncture in the front left-hand wheel. It's driving you crazy because the air keeps coming out, but you don't really want to pay to get it repaired, so you just kind of keep topping up the air, right? That's you. I'm going to be like, okay, you know a creepy amount of facts about me and my car, but I don't necessarily feel loved by that, right? There's a big difference. So knowledge is helpful. It's so good for us to know about one another and to know about God, but it's not the same as knowing them intimately. So how do we move from knowledge of God to, to knowing God? Well, it says in 1 Corinthians 8, Verse three, if anyone loves God, he is known by God. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. I believe that loving and knowing are very, very connected, very synonymous. How do you grow in intimacy? You grow in intimacy and love by just taking time 
to understand him, to get to know him personally. Now the challenge with this is that sometimes we don't actually have the passion or the desire to know God. I want to make a kind of money back guarantee for you today that I, I promise you, if you take the time to really get to know God personally, you will fall in love. And if you do that, it will fuel a passion for getting to know God more. And in the process, you will know how to love God more. And in the process of that, you will experience his love more. All it takes is those first steps just to say, God, I want to get to know you. And sometimes it's hard for us to even pray those prayers like, God, do I want you? Do I really? I'm not going to get you to raise your hand if that's your situation, but I believe we all go through seasons where we're not really filled with passion. We're not really filled with desire to know God, a desire to love him. And if we can just say those first words of God, I want to want you. I want to know you. And in the process, fall in love with you. In the process, get to know you more and love you more and be loved by you more and communicate love to you more. Man, money back guarantee. It's going to be worth it. So here's a few things that we can do. We can make time. We can literally carve out, intentionally put time in our day, in our calendar to spend time with the Lord. That might be reading the word and, and just like really paying attention to his character and who he is. That might be spending time uh, soaking, praying. I This week, um, I got in the car, was headed to work and was like, just, yeah, just feeling blah. How many of you feel blah before 9 a.m.? I often feel blah. I wasn't feeling any passion, but I started to pray in tongues. And as I prayed in tongues, I prayed, I was like, okay, I'm going to pray in tongues for 15 minutes until I get to work. 29 seconds in, I was like, it's got to have been 14 minutes. I look at the clock, nope, still 14 minutes to go. And I just kept going and I persevered and I just prayed in tongues but what I found was that my spirit became so alive my spirit became edified I started to connect on a spirit to spirit basis with God guys by the time I got out of the car I was so fired up and feeling so passionate for the things that God is passionate about I started to feel I, I was I had all these you know prayers that I could pray in my own words and at the beginning of this time in the car I didn't have anything to pray by the end of this time, praying spirit to spirit, praying in tongues, I felt like I had so many words that I was just inspired and passionate to pray, to communicate to God, to tell him I love him, to ask for things, to uh, you know, decree things over our life, over this church. Taking time to connect with him as a choice is such a beautiful step to getting to know him and getting to know his heart journaling is another great thing I'm a big fan of journaling and often I'll start my journaling by uh, just kind of pouring out my heart to God and that's so good it's really good to be known by God but sometimes we can leave it there if your desire is to get to know God ask him questions ask him questions God what's on your heart today what do you want to do in my life ask him questions and as you ask him questions, you'll get to know his nature. You'll get to know his character. That may sound scary for you. Maybe you haven't yet learned how to hear the voice of God. Every one of us can hear the voice of our Father. 
But I get it that sometimes it feels a bit scary. One of the best things you can do is have a go. Practice, practice, practice. Find a friend who knows the character of God, loves the word, and bring your journaling to them and say, hey, does this sound like God? Does this line up with scripture? Does this line up with the character and nature of God? Am I getting to know God? You'll be so encouraged that you can hear the voice of God when you ask him those questions. And finally, to just live life in relationship with him, right? We want to be every day inviting God in, asking his perspective on things, even small little details, um, things that feel inconsequential. When we take the time to ask God, we begin to learn what he likes, what his heart is, what his preference is. Galatians 4, 9 in the Passion Translation says this, but now we truly know him and are intimately known by him. So why would we for a moment consider turning back to those weak and feeble principles of religion as though we were still subject to them? Let me read that again. But now that we truly know him and are intimately known by him, why would we for a moment consider turning back to those weak and feeble principles of religion as though we were still subject to them? Now hear me. I am not saying that we throw out church, we throw out faith, we throw out religion. What I'm saying is when we are known by him and we know him, our passion becomes so aligned with his passion in the process that the things that have felt like a set of rules and a set of religion so often become just part of the fabric of what we are excited about, what, we, what our heart burns for. You see, the more you get to know God the more your heart becomes aligned with his, the more his passion overflows into you, the more his love overflows into you. And so I urge you, I want to urge you today to take time to personally know him intimately, to get to know his heart. Ask him what he's thinking about. Ask him what he cares about says in the word that his thoughts for us are more than the grains of sand on the seashore. That's a lot of thoughts you can ask him about, right? Ask him, ask him, ask him. Get to know him intimately. And the Bible also gives us some great keys that, you know, that Jesus said himself to know how can we love him. Like if, if we were looking at the Bible to try and determine what are God's love languages, what are Jesus's love languages, I want to pick out three for you and I'm sure we could find more. But here's three that I think are helpful for us to think about. The first thing is that greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. Says who? Jesus. Now that is an all-consuming kind of love, to love him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. That is an all-consuming kind of love. That is a commitment, an exclusive commitment, exclusive to anything else invading. It is a saturation in his love. This should be wholehearted. This should be life-encompassing. And as a result, community-impacting. It should impact the people around us. I believe that when we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, it destroys and eliminates the option for us to be one person on Sunday and another person on Monday. It, it takes away the divide between 
you know, performance Christianity, here I am raising my hands, can everyone see me? And then that moment when I'm home alone with my computer and the things that I might look at, the things that I might read, the things I might spend my time doing. It's all of my mind every day, all of my heart every day. That's the kind of love he's looking for. And again, if we're trying to live that from a set of rules, that might sound daunting. But if we live it from a place of a desire to know him, it's just going to be the natural outflow of knowing him, is wanting to love him that way and waking up thinking about him, going to sleep thinking about him, right? The second thing that we hear Jesus say is keeping his commands, John 14, he says four times about this. Verse 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23, he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And verse 24, he says, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Now, I want to point out here Obeying God and keeping his commandments is not the same as loving him. Keeping the commands does not mean that you love him. It is a result of loving him. When you love God, when you know him and love him, the fruit of that is keeping his commandments, right? So we're not called to live under law. We're called to live in relationship. And by living in relationship with him, our passion is so often to fulfill the parts of the law that he asks us us to do. But what's interesting is that we often think about commandments as a set of rules or instructions for how we live. But if you take time to read the same gospel, the gospel of John, where this verse is from or this passage, and you just look at the things that Jesus commanded, they're not within the typical category of moral commandments that we think about a lot of the time. Let me tell you a few. He said, receive me, follow me, get up, crippled man, rise from the dead, Lazarus, believe in the light, believe in God, believe in me, abide in me, ask whatever you wish, abide in my love, receive the Holy Spirit. These are commandments that Jesus makes. And what he's saying is, if you love me, You'll keep my commandments. If you love me, all these things I've told you to do, you'll be doing. There'll be a fruit of that love for me. And finally, the final thing that we can see in the Gospels is loving others, right? When when, um, Simon Peter and Jesus are having a conversation, Jesus said this, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He did this three times, do you remember? Do you love me? And Simon answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus' response, take care of my sheep. If you love me, take care of my sheep. We see in 1 John later in the New Testament, uh, chapter 4, verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God who cannot be seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So when we love God, 
we begin to love what he loves, right? Just like as I have loved Sarah, I have learned to love terrible sci-fi movies and appreciate them. Just, I'm learning. Let's say I'm learning. I'm learning to love terrible sci-fi movies. When we love God and we spend time with him, the things that he loves, before we know it, become the things that we love, right? It becomes this overflow. If you love me, take care of my sheep because that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I love. His love will overflow in our hearts. His passions will overflow in our hearts and overflow from us. So I want us to kind of just really take a moment and think, and we're going to pray in a second, but we're asking God this. What does it look like for me to love you well? What does it look like for me to love you in the way that you actually want to be loved? And other times, God, where I let my own desire for love or my own comfortable ways of expressing love to you get in the way of actually really loving you the way you've asked me to. See, he's not looking for a bunch of robots who are just going to love him the way that he wants it. It's not like a cookie-cutter prescription of, yep, I want to be loved this way, this way, this way. There's 10 points, check them off. That's not what he's looking for. He's actually looking for the fullness of you, the fullness of your creativity, your passion, your innovation, your story so far, and your story that is yet to come. He wants the fullness of you expressing love to him. That's what we were made for. So bring the fullness of yourself to this relationship with God and then say, oh, I want to know you. I want to know the fullness of you, Father. Why don't you stand to your feet? We want to pray. I want to, this morning, I want us to repent for where we feel like we have, um, you know, thought of ourselves more than we thought of him. Are you up for doing that? Yeah. You can pray in your own words too, but Father... Lord, we just want to repent right now for all the moments where we have thought about ourselves and put our needs and our desires in front of loving you. Lord, we want to repent for the way that we come to church and want it to be a particular way because it's how we like to love you instead of living a life of love and expression of love to you. And he might begin to show you specific ways and specific things to repent for. So just be mindful of that. Be thinking about it. And now tell him, I want to know you. I want to know you. Come on, use your own words and just express to God today. I want to know you. I want to get to know you intimately. And Lord, where I'm lacking in passion and desire, would you give me a passion? Would you give me that desire? Right now, I'm going to release an impartation of passion and desire to know God. So if that's, if that's you, if you want to grow in this, why don't you hold out your hands? If you're at home, you can do this in the room. Hold out your hands and let's just posture ourselves. Father, we're asking right now for a download. And in the name of Jesus, I speak a release of passion and a release of hunger to know you. Lord Jesus, for every heart and every soul that is in this room, 
may we become consumed with love for you and are consumed with a hunger to know you, a hunger to know you intimately and deeply. God, we want to know you. Just tell him, come on, agree with me here. Agree with me. This is your heart. Lord, we want to know you. So Lord, I speak a release of hunger and a release of passion today that every heart would be hungry for you and be desiring to get to know you. Father, we want to be a people who worships you, a people who loves you and is famous in heaven for loving you and for worshiping you. Not on earth, not by earthly standards, but by your standards. So God, may our lives be an expression of worship to you, expression of love to you. May our thoughts be an expression of love to you. May our time and our calendar reflect our love for you and our desire for you. God, we want to love you and we want to know you. Help us to know you intimately. Help us to know you deeply. I believe he wants to speak to some of you quite specifically now. So just ask him, Lord, how can I know you more? What's the first step to me knowing you more? We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.